Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What the fucking knots? Whatever you want to call yourselves, I am Mark Marin. I am in the garage here at the Cat Ranch overlooking the barrio. On, uh, I'm going to be standing on a, on a new deck that I can't afford uh, in a matter of days. Uh, I'm starting to sweat. The garage has become a hot box. A hot box. I'm starting to schwitz, as they say in the uh, ancient tongue of my people. A couple of things I want to get out of the gate before we start the show proper is that this weekend this saturday that is july 17th i will be in minneapolis at the triple rock social club uh for one night me and amber preston are doing one night at the triple rock social club you can go to triple rock social club.com for information on that and of course next week at comics wednesday night at comics in new york two live what the fuck tapings at 7 30 and 9 30 and of course you ten dollar a month donors and you premium subscribers there's a little meet and greet with me you can meet me uh, at 6 o'clock in the Bard Comics. I'm going to bring some posters that I can sign for you because I appreciate your support and I'd love to meet up with you guys and talk a bit before the show. Two big shows, uh, Jeff Garland, Susie Essman, Judah Friedlander, Joe Mandy, Reverend Jen, uh, to name a few. Going to be some uh, great shows. We're going to have a good time. I'm going to be in England at the Soho Theater in London. Uh, that is uh, July 28th for a week and a half. A lot of stuff going up. Great Scott in Boston. I, I just don't want to be one of these guys that lists all of my uh, uh, shows, even though they are important. I will be a Great Scott in Boston on the 23rd. Now, let's deal with some issues. The important issues. It's so fucking hot in my garage. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I enjoy returning things. I bought one of those air conditioners at Home Depot, uh, an LG... Portable air conditioner that's got a snake that you stick into the window and then it sits in the uh, room and I and and it didn't work. I was furious. I don't know if you get that feeling because I talked about this the last show about buying something that doesn't work the way it's supposed to work and feeling like you're the only asshole in the world that this has happened to and it's your it's just an indicator of your entire fucking life. Why do I got to be the guy that gets the piece of shit? Why do I got to be the guy that gets the lemon? Why am I the sucker? that gets the, the big hunk of crap that's supposed to do something that doesn't. I always do that. Whenever I buy something that doesn't work, I'm like, I am the victim. I, I am being fucked by everything because of this purchase. Whereas the truth of the matter is, things just stink. Things suck. They're built poorly. Companies don't give a fuck. They don't even care if it doesn't work. Don't forget the Pinto thing. Look, you know, that car was killing people and Ford would rather pay out the uh, the, the people suing for losing members of their family than recall the car. They, companies don't give a fuck. And you know what's great right now is neither does Home Depot. Because Home Depot is such a big fucking company. I packed up that piece of shit air conditioner. And I knew I shouldn't have bought that one. I knew I should have bought the better one because air conditioners, are, are they don't really work that well unless you get one that's got like an insane amount of BTUs or whatever they're called. And I knew in my heart when I was there, like this is really a heart issue that I should have bought the better air conditioner because I can't have people in here sweating. I mean, I was in here with Andy Richter and he was sweating like he was in a fucking sauna. It's embarrassing. You know, word's going to get out. You know, it's it's amazing enough that people are coming to the fucking garage. That word's got to get out that like, no, don't go there, man. You're just going to sit there and sweat. 
in his garage. And when it gets hot in here, you can smell a little cat pee because Boomer's been in here, you know, claiming some turf. Anyway, so the great thing about Home Depot, they don't give a fuck either, is that I packed up that air conditioner in the box the best I could, the box that it came in. It was still leaking water because I couldn't drain it properly. So I bring a wet bottom box to Home Depot. The guy just credits. He just goes, yeah, no problem. Doesn't even open the fucking box, just credits my credit card. It was more exciting returning it than it was buying it. It was worth it to return it with that that little a problem and realize that Home Depot is so big, they don't give a fuck. They'll take back anything. I'm actually looking forward to returning the one I just bought. Now, let's move on to something else, if we could. You got any friends? How many friends do you have? Seriously, how many friends do you have? Before I talk about friends, I'd like to talk about Mel Gibson for a while. You know, I don't do pop culture that often, but here's the sad part about Mel. And I know that you're like, what? What could possibly be sad about us all enjoying a guy spiraling downfall because of horrendously racist diatribes? But here's the sad thing about me. Is that when I listen to those tapes, because the, the woman I'm dating is a, you know, a complete gossip hound and, and needs to hear, you know, she's on all those sites all the fucking time. She loves it. I personally don't like, you know, sort of, you know, bathing in the in the uh, in the pain of others that much. I mean, I, I like it in a relationship. I don't like it in the general sense. But um, see, that's part of the sickness. But when I heard those tapes from Mel Gibson, I had to hide my the realization that like I identified with that, not the racism, you know, and not even some of the things he was saying to her necessarily or the issues, but the tone of the anger, the rage. I understand rage. That was an embarrassing moment for me to have when I heard him, you know, you know, saying, you fucking cunt. When I heard that, I'm like, oh my God, I've, I have, I have articulated in that tenor before. I have articulated in that tone before. I have had rage. I know what that feels like and what it sounds like and where it comes from, the sadness and the lack of control one has in those moments. Horrendous. He is a racist. He may be an alcoholic, uh, but I heard uh, Joy Behar calling him a misogynist. I, I don't know if there's any indication uh, that he's a misogynist. He didn't say all women are cunts. He didn't say all women are whores. He, he said specifically that the, the woman he was addressing was a cunt. So he's having an issue with a particular cunt, not all cunts. So there's a difference between that. He, I don't think he's a misogynist. I think that's uh, that that's not clear from those tapes. Racist, yes. Uh, rageaholic, yes. Perhaps an alcoholic, yes. Misogynist, no. He, it's not. It's very specific. He's angry at that one woman for being whatever he thinks that she is. And when I say all cunts, I'm not saying that as me saying I think they're all cunts. I'm saying that if Mel Gibson were to have a misogynist problem he would say you are like all cunts all women are cunts he's just angry at her angry angry scary fucking angry deal with that shit fellas i'm trying i'm not having you know i i the way i tried to deal with my anger was just detach from it and not get emotionally involved with anybody out of fear that it would come up and now i'm a little emotionally involved with somebody and guess what it's there and I've got to, I've got to fucking kill it, man. I need help with this anger thing. It's ridiculous. I don't know. It's, I, I think it's a cry for fucking help for an incapacity, an incapability 
of accepting love or trusting anything and just, you know, like I, I used to say that. If you're ever yelling at a woman, all you should be saying is, why can't you be my mommy? Why can't you just take care of me? I, I do want to address the issue of friends. I, you know, I, everyone's, I don't know what kind of person you are, but I've only got a few friends. I've got a couple of people I think are my best friends. I think we all go through life where you have best friends at different periods in your life. But then, you know, as you get older, you realize there's that core group where those are my best friends. Those are the guys that, you know, no matter how much time passes, I can sit down with them and it's almost like nothing ever happened. And I'm starting to realize that that's not true anymore. Uh, and it's a sad thing that a lot of my friends, uh, their lives change. My best friend, uh, I've got, I think, three best friends. Or if I had four, but one of them I don't talk to at all. His life has become so different. And as time goes on, I realize we didn't have a lot, you know, that we weren't, you know, he wasn't that candid with me. That, you know, I'm very candid with everybody. You know, I, I, you know I'm too much information guy. I, you know, I'm not afraid to, to, to lean and, and talk. And, and, but some people are a little more cagey than that. And, uh, you know, the way that balances out in any particular friendship is what determines a friendship. But I, I've got a few guys, but they're, they're all far away from me now. My buddy Jim, I don't even know what his life is. He ended up in Bulgaria. He took a boat around the world. He's lived a very exciting life. He directed a movie. But I get calls from him maybe once or twice a year just saying, Marky, what's up? Where you at? Let's have coffee. And then maybe we do, maybe we don't. Sam Lipsight, the writer, is a very dear friend of mine. But he's got two kids. He's a teacher. He's got uh, writing to do. His life is very different than mine. And we sit down, we talk, and I, I'm, it's always lovely to see him. My buddy Jack, you know, his life has taken a turn for the better. And I, I just don't, they're not there. They're not, uh, they are my friends and I love them. and I can always call them. But what is, what, what do you need a friend for on some level? I love seeing them, but it's not that same feeling like, you know, there's no distance between us. You know, we just sit down and no matter what's happened, sure, I can get along with them. But after a certain point, you want somebody to be involved in your life. You want them to know your life. Uh, you know, so when things go wrong in your life, you have somewhere to go with that. And uh, I'm saddened by the fact that I, I don't have as many close friends as I used to. Which brings me to, to our show today. Because I, I got a message on Facebook from a fellow who I know. Uh, he goes by the name Joe Wagner, because I know that's his name. Joe Wagner's a comedian, and he's a, he's a nice guy. And he wrote, uh, he wrote me this on Facebook. Mark, I'm 37, and I live with six other dudes in a huge house in Hollywood. They're all younger than me by at least seven years. I'm a, I'm a maelstrom of ever-shifting personal and professional frustrations, but I'm trying to use social networking to shake my life up even more by reaching out to unexpected people and results. I want dot, dot, dot. I need dot, dot, dot to spend time with an older man. Your perspective in life is calling out to me like a siren song. So if you're comfortable hanging out, watching a movie, and allowing me to hear your lamentations in real time, you can always call. I know you're a busy guy, but who knows? What the fuck? This is a guy that's basically saying, look, I, I want a, a new friend. I want to be, be your friend. So um, I'm going to have him into the garage, and we're going to see if we can be friends. So listen to my first date, friend date, bromance uh, with Joe Wagner. And then I think I'm going to get my dad on the phone, because that's always interesting. <laughs> Stand-up was always the thing, right? And it still seems to be the thing. But this podcast uh, business is uh, is great. I, I like doing it. I like uh, talking to my friends. Well, uh, I am. I would just like to start off by saying, you know, I am a fan. Joe, I know. Big fan. I 
I've known you for for many years now. Uh, we we see each other. You you seem to uh, you do stand up occasionally. You do some writing. You lurk at shows. You lurk. I'm a big lurker. Yeah, like you'll get off stage and there's Joe Joe Wagner. What's he doing in the hallway? Can I? Do you what? Do you want some? I feel in a way like I have to explain what? that and I'll, I'll clarify it. Okay, I'll, we can clarify all you want, Joe. Just wait one second. I want to share the letter I got from Joe. Can I do that? Yes. Mark, <laughs> I'm, th- I'm 37. I live with six other dudes in a, in a huge house. You knew. I did know you were going to do this. I knew you would do this. I was kind of mentally prepared for it. I'm sorry to interrupt. Continue. Mark, I'm 37. <laughs> you didn't have to go back to that point. <laughs> and I live with six other dudes oh, God. in a huge house in Hollywood. They're all younger than me by at least seven years. Oh, jeez. I'm a maelstrom of ever-shifting personal and professional oh. frustrations, but I'm trying to use social networking to shake my life up even more by reaching out to unexpected people and results. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I want dot, dot, dot. I need dot, dot, dot to spend time with an older man. <laughs> what? Hold on. Your perspective. Is- okay. <clears throat> Can I just say that? Everybody, we're going to provide context for this afterwards. All these words, all the the way I'm saying yeah. I wrote these things. Your perspective in life is calling out to me like a siren song. So if you're comfortable <sighs> hanging out, watching a movie, and yeah. allowing me to hear your lamentations in real time, you can always call. I know you're a busy guy, but who knows? Uh, WTF, what the fuck? I'd see movies with Eddie sometimes, right. but now he's moved and spends most of his time with his lady, this Eddie Pepintone. Correct. You don't have to take this seriously at all, but if you do, then I congratulate you on your security and courage. <laughs> it's a very dramatic letter, Joe, and I, I got to tell you, I enjoyed it. And and good. you know, I I think it worked. I'm a good well, letter writer. Well, you're here. You're sitting in the garage, even though you want right here. You wanted to go to a movie instead. I know, well, but I know that this is the tr- this is the trial by fire. This is the Marin. Gauntlet. Uh, well, look, uh, let me just right? tell you, I don't want you to be jealous of Eddie if we're going to start a bromance, all right? You can't be <laughs> jealous of Eddie, all right? You know, Eddie and I go back, and I don't see him that much. I don't talk to him that much, and we did a show together. And you then, guys you took know, a road trip together? Yeah, we did a road trip, but that, that was That's about- That's a big bonding thing, man. Right, but I don't feel the need to call Eddie, you know, every so often. By the end of the road trip, I, I'd had my fill of Eddie for a little while. He, he does the live what the fucks, but let's talk about you for a minute, because I, I've I'm- i been this- deflecting a lot. I'm the same as you. becomes very difficult when you get set in your ways to yeah. make new friendships. Yes. And I don't let a lot of people in. I don't have a lot of close friendships. You know, I got a lot of people I know. And uh, I, I don't always know what to do. You know, this is a very plain and honest approach that you took. And yeah, we could go to a movie, but then what happens? That's the thing. I think, the, I think what I was most... Um, that I really want to convey to you now that I'm here. Yeah. Uh, that most concerns me is that I don't want you to think that I have any other expectations beyond actually what I just put in there and what you just said, going to see a movie. Right. Once we're walking away from that movie. Maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk. We'll say, I didn't like that maybe movie. Maybe two months will go by and we won't talk. Right. But then there's going to be a day, there's going to be a moment. An afternoon, a late evening. And I'm going to be like, Joe, what's up? Where it's like, yeah, I don't want to just be sitting in my in my mind 
basically. Yeah. So let's talk about the lurking. For you said you wanted right. to address that because, like, I've seen you do stand up. I've always liked your presence. It's always Thanks, happy man. to see you. We were on uh, G- Jimmy Pardo's. Uh, we did the writers' room. Recently. Writers' room recently. We're, we're always around the same people. Yeah. But sometimes I worry about you because I'm like, is Joe doing stand up anymore? Doing? Right. What's he doing? Then you tell me you're living with six guys that are younger than you, and and now you seem to be in trouble. Gr- Here's the thing. It's actually a very positive, creative thing and allows me to plug a great thing right now on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been directing a, a very popular and very successful uh, sketch show at the UCB for almost two years now. It's called The Midnight Show. Mm. And uh, I came, I was born in comedy, in sketch, uh, doing college sketch comedy. Uh-huh. And when I first came out to L.A., I did first six, seven years was just slogging away at Sketch in the 90s. And yeah. So I was, that I was came before, here in 90- before Sketch was big. There was no audience for it. Right. I, I came here in 93. Yeah. Um, and so so now to walk by the UCB and see a line that stretches down an entire block. Are they me, coming to see like, your show? Uh, our show is a very popular show. It's the first Saturday of every month mm-hmm. at midnight. And it's something that I've that I've been uh, committed to for almost like two. It's about a year and eight months now. I've been I've been working with these guys, directing them. These are the guys you live with. Yeah, six. But of the guys, not... Six of the guys in the group uh, I live with in the same house. But something's not right with the life. Well, I'm I'm reaching a I'm reaching a certain point in this experience in this phase. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, in all honesty, the, a lot of this group that I'm working with knows that we're kind of all getting to some point. I mean, we're we've got a little critical heat, mass, little critical mass, a little bit of a tipping point thing because, you know, I would say in Hollywood, I've been here looking at you know, give two years to something if you really care about it, give it two years. I give stand up twenty five, yeah. not <laughs> not much, not great results. <laughs> so two years uh, is it's pretty, you know. The funny thing about that two years is that what happens if it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen after two? I, well, where do you go from there, Joe? I know where you go. You write me. I write you, but also I write you because you know what? Then you've given it like 12 chances. Two years, two years, two years, two years. You're the kind of guy who will give something because you love it so much. Persistence. Unlimited chances. Persistence. Persistence and fear is what drives you, Joe. Well, that's... And that's why There's when no, I listen to your show, yeah. it reverberates with me. There's no it plan B, Joe. No, dude. It's done. And it's over. You're 37. You're living in a house full of guys. Is there a bong on the coffee table at the house? Uh, Mark. Come on, just tell you me. You got to come see the house, dude, because we've had moments where we've where we've been standing in our own home looking around and going, was this art directed? Because it can't be any... I mean, it is the okay, so what was house your... of six guys who drink, smoke eat poorly don't give a shit about order how's it how's it how's it when girls come over they just go to the rooms like it's sometimes just they go to the room kind of walk them quickly past the, the, the living room in the uh, kitchen it, but that's the thing you, you know, warn them about the bathroom I, here's <laughs> i i do want to you know what i want to give a a fuller picture we have it's all you know are you going to start saying it's, it's a, a commune, a collective? No, no, no. What I'm saying is there is an elasticity to it. And you know, I think this is what I get out a lot out of your perspective, too, of like ebb and flow. Like we've had the moments where we've been able to snap the house into you would walk in and go, 
Well, this is lovely. Yeah, they have shit. They have their shit together. It's a very these guys. This, this house is was unusual. built in 1911, Mark. That's it's older than this house. Beautiful. Do you old have ants? Home. Oh, we've got it all. I got yeah. spiders in the shower. Do you have ants? You. I was, uh, went into the shower one day. I'm showering. I look. I have this terribly little. It's ridiculous. It's this almost like torture cell of a little stand-up shower. Mm. No curtain. I don't use a curtain. You know. No one uses a curtain. No, it's my. It's in my own bathroom. I have my own bathroom. I have my own apartment in the back of this house that has my own bathroom. I have a bedroom. I have an entrance. So you have no curtain as a choice. Yeah, I just let the water just splash out. Why? It's it's fine by me. It's fine. But fine is different than than making a choice. (laughs) But fine is like a default word. I know. I know. I, but it's just you know. Okay, so you're in the shower with no just, curtain, water splashing everywhere. Well, but it does. It's not crazy, all right. It's not all like right, I have right, a puddle. Right. But okay. anyway, look. The point is, I look up and I see a spider. Yeah, I, there's a couple guys up there. That's what I'm talking about, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And that's in my shower. So right. here's the thing. The first guy, I was like, the first instinct, kill, right? Yeah. Get rid of. Right. Stopped myself, and I was like. The guy, it was a, it was a beautiful web. I mean, it just had the moment where put, I was like, "Put the work in." I'm living guy. with that thing. Right. I live with it. Right. Not against it. Okay. And okay. I now share this space. Right. Here's the problem now, and I think you probably have it too. I what? can see you have two at least there. I now have four spiders in right. the shower. Right. And in the bathroom. Right. I think one of them. I, I think I saw an egg sack. Uh huh. I think they're going to be more spiders. Sure. Sure. That's why. That's the things do. And I had the moment where I was like. Is that why then I should have killed it right then and there? Because now you got to kill an, a whole family. Do I do that or do I try to keep living with this stuff? Well, that's a question. It's sort of like the question of like, do I live the materialistic, consumer-driven life I live or do I become a, a, a Buddhist monk? Maybe you need to move the spider somewhere. Maybe you need to say, time to relocate and delicately put them in a box. And figure out how to do that. Well, I mean, how hard could that be? You just, well, I guess their spiders is difficult. You might might kill one. One of the guys that I lived with loves spiders. Maybe you should uh, give them to him. Yeah, I could ask him about it at least. Maybe put him in a little jar like a seven-year-old and, and put him on the uh, counter <laughs> and see if it moves him. <laughs> like, what's a day look like for you? Do you, do you all wake up at the same time? Well, it is, it's, it's rather cave-like. You know, like, between between sunrise and two maybe in the afternoon it's a quiet quiet place because no one's awake yeah so you're getting up at two sometimes Mm. it's clearly it's not gonna be a house where no one is up at the crack they're still up at the crack of dawn because they were you know either sitting outside talking drinking smoking coming back in watching a movie it's a lot of energy. Here's the thing. I was living by, I lived by myself for like 12 years. Yeah. And I really started to, was isolated, were you was a, beginning to isolate. Were you a spider, time. spider killer then? <laughs> you were. So you're living alone, you're killing spiders. I almost think that I killed one of my cats, really, because oh, of my God, neglect. Joe. I, I, by the way, I didn't grow up with a male presence in my in my household. It was my mother, my aunt, and my grandmother. So you're you're uh, interviewing fathers. I'm not interviewing. <laughs> I'm not interviewing. Is that what this is? Am I in a father interview? <laughs> because because I would have. It's liked a to... really protracted speed dating for 
a new father. Yeah. Well, I wish you would have gotten me when you were a little younger so I could have some influence. Now I'm just going to make you feel better by example because I'll give you hope that there's a way that you will find your way. But that might... Look, I'm not... Look, I I feel like we're getting again into the... Too heavy. uh, Too heavy. No, well, into the agenda mm-hmm. aspect of yeah, this yeah, yeah yeah where it's where it's like again i want to be absolutely honest with you i just want to go see i just want to hang I, out I just hang out because i think you're a cool guy i think that your comedy to me really is a beacon in some ways and and i'm going through a lot of creative stuff and i want to try to figure out some stuff okay and i think that part of being in this business is like well, of this business is actually being in more of what feels like a community of like Okay, artists. I agree with you. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the way it works. But see, guys like you, guys like me, community not so good. You know, you're at home by yourself killing cats and spiders. Now you're living in a group house with a bunch of bong rippers, and you decide that you love spiders when you can see past the steam and water mist that's going all over your bathroom. Now, my question to you is... Let's, I seem like a serial killer with no, all those. No, no, no. Things. You're just a, you're you're a, a very sensitive, misunderstood, complex man. Genius. Okay. Miss Slash Man. Right. Right. I, okay. All right. Gen- all right. Genius. Fine. I, no, do, fine. I have a lot of the narcissist thing. Okay. I have the god complex. Stuff. Okay. Okay. Well, then maybe I'm in the presence of something powerful here, and I maybe I should do some exploring. Now let's. Let's let's define some of these these things that we're we're gonna learn. Like you're at that point where it's like you you wanna, you know, it's it's time to uh, get down to brass tacks. Like what what's first on the menu? Okay, okay. Well, this is what I've been going through creatively for about the last five years. Yeah, I got to a point where uh, I didn't want to write jokes. Mm. That did, was not fulfilling to me. Yeah, I've, I've very rarely written them. Right. Yeah. Um. It took it was about it took about four years on like not on and off but doing stand up fairly consistently but just in L A yeah in a lot of those shows at right. the times from like ninety seven to like where you could get away with anything if you had the right friends yeah and it was yeah. just more I gotta say in all honesty I've always considered stand up more of a it's a pastime for me it's been mm. a it's been a fun thing to do huh well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say more a diversion. Uh-huh. Not that I didn't hate it. I haven't. I've hated it as much as any other. The next stand-up. Mm-hmm. And been like, this is a miserable existence. Mm. Or why would I put myself in this position? Sure, sure. Yeah. But, but it was, uh, again, it's more for a personal creative fulfillment. Sure. So now you're saying to me that, you know, writing jokes is a fine exercise where you write a joke. And you're like, that joke's good. I'm going to go up on stage and do that joke. And then when that joke's over, and either it works or it doesn't work, you're like, nah, so what? I well, made a joke work. I made it, I made a joke work. I, there's something to writing. Wonderful. And that's what's actually paid my bills for the last 10 years, is Except when you, crappy yeah. cable when, hack writing jobs. What do you got in your moleskin? Page one. I brought it because I thought maybe there might be some... Page I one. I thought this could be so unpredictable that I might want to write one. something down. Okay, page one. Let's do it. First entry, the new moleskin. Joe's just bought his moleskin that's going to inspire him to write things down. What do you got? Look at what I wrote myself one day. Hosting, stay positive, smile, keep, keep it, it moving. moving. Smile with three explanation points. Yeah. Separated by lines. And that's it. Now we're on page nine, ten. 
11? I are actually they, started, all, are uh, they all written in that large of writing? That took up the whole page. I, uh... <laughs> I'm actually, this is, I'm starting the one-man show. These are the notes for the one-man show. Food, love, sex, uh, what's the other one? Food, love, sex, death, showbiz, mis- and then miscellaneous. Why don't you just go on stage and say that, and then uh, take suggestions. <laughs> and just kind of go with it? Yeah, riff it up. Okay, you, you know. You want to ask me how, you want to, you need some uh, guidance with the one-man show thing? Or? Well, I, I, yeah, when it. That's a good list. I've made lists like that before. Where well, I, I once wrote The Seven Deadly Sins, and then when I found out they'd been written before, I was very upset. Yeah. I love... You know, I'm Catholic, by the way. Mm. And so I do love those kinds of... Uh, I like any time good that framework. sin is codified in some way. Sin's you an know? interesting idea. I, I got recently... It was shed, shed a lot of light on sin by uh, Christopher Hedges in a book called um, I Don't Believe in Atheists. It was his argument against the atheist movement, Dawkins really? and Hitchens and whatnot, yeah. Right. But he's not saying that God, you know, he's not identifying God necessarily, but his basic premise was that the reason why the idea of sin exists is because God, uh, mankind, uh, humankind, will never be perfected. And that when you have these, these, um, these barometers of what sin is and behavior, right. at least you can keep yourself in check somehow. Right. That right. you never overcome the uh, the conflict of being human. Yeah. And what that perpetual does, state. how that mutates. Right. Like, it sounds to me like you're pretty into the sloth thing uh, and uh, a little bit of the gluttony, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I hit those. I hit those. Envy, and I, I imagine. And I find... Envy is part of show business. Oh. Yeah, horrible, right? You know... Avarice, I'm can not, I tell I'm not you the, seeing avarice. Can I tell you the one that is my personal envy? And this is one I'm pretty honest about, and I talk to sometimes with my friends. Mm-hmm. Is, um, Zach Galifianakis was one of the, f- the last stand-ups I saw at open mics in L.A. before I tried my first open mic. Mm-hmm. I went to go see, it's like I said, I came on a sketch, so I, I didn't, uh, when I, I when the band broke up, and I've had to, you know, it was the first time I had to figure out what am I going to do. Yeah. And a good friend of mine said, I think you're funny, and I think you could, be on stage you should you should just keep performing in some way and my friend that i was living with at the time said i'm going to go to a um an open mic yeah place called petterson's Mm. and he went a couple times recorded himself came back he played it for me i love this guy to death still do but i was like i think i could be a little funnier than that Mm -hmm. and i went and the people were so good that were there one of the first times i saw tom sharp paul hopkins Elizabeth Beckwith, all these people at the time who were in that that great new '90s coffee house scene in LA that was going strong. Didn't know any of those people. Well, but you know, yeah. To me, they were people that I saw, yeah, performing and performing well, okay. and I realized I have to watch a lot more of this. And one of the last times I went before I decided, I'm, okay, I'm going to finally do it, was when I saw Zach on stage, and I was like, this guy is just having so much fun i mm. could tell yeah i want to have that much fun so you pick me as your friend do, do you not are you not listening closely to the podcast <laughs> by the way i'm friends with everyone yeah well we know how that goes <laughs> that's, a, that's again one of i think a low a, emotional investment one of the interesting are they really your friends or you just know a lot of people 
you've talked about this. Yeah, the showbiz friendship, it's like, it's, um, there's all kinds of degrees. Sure. There are all kinds of degrees. You can have incredibly uh, memorable, I- intimacy bonding kind of experiences, especially since you share such a, you share the same, yeah, not no, only yeah, profession, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, we do that a lot here on the show. Right, yeah. exactly. And so, but then, but literally you may see that person twice a year. All right. Three times a year. No, exactly. And I, and, but I, I think that speaks more to the fact that we have a familiarity with our, 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 uh, our deep selfishness that enables us to understand, right? That you know we're still as close as we were, you know, but we don't require much of each other. Exactly. It's about those spheres, like, yeah. and knowing how close those spheres come together. Yeah. How much they kind of overlap. How can, how can I help you, Joe? This goes. This goes. I'm just saying if. I would just like to know that if I find myself thinking, hey, I'd like to go see a movie. I'd like to even go have coffee, whatever. Yeah. Like you said, hey, Al Madrigal lives close by. Yeah. You go have lunch with him. Yeah, I'll go to his house sometimes. I like his wife and kids. That's cool. Yeah. I don't have that. Okay, all right. I can't. If you want, I can probably hire an actor, baby. It sounds like you have a lot of friends. Why don't you just ask one of your actor friends to act like your friend? I do. I just want to know. Not, no, I, it's not that I want to know. Again, I don't have expectations. Yes, yes we, we'll go to the movies. All right, we'll go to the movies. Just, I just... Uh, <sighs> We're going to go to the movies. Do you feel... I'm already... I like you're you, You're feeling smothered already. No. A little bit. No, I just, like, I, I generally like to talk, and then we're going to sit in the movie. Well, fuck the movie. We can just go talk. I don't care. We're doing care. that now. Why don't so you come... So it's got to always be for people. No, I mean, we can... You're like Madonna, mm. and I'm Warren Beatty. Okay, sure, I'll play that game. That's another That's another element that I want to suck off you vampirically. Is Why'd you have to say it like that? She some of the... Um, yeah, the juice? The seducer, yeah, some of the, yeah. <laughs> what, what, do I have a reputation? Uh, Dude, what? you are a fucking player. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they Women. they seem to want uh, exactly what you want out of me on some level, <laughs> which is a a better or a father in general. <laughs> hey, I've had that I've had that exact moment post post coitus, mm. where basically the first thing she says is, literally, she turns to me, gives me a once over at my nude body, mm. and goes, "You remind me physically of my father." Physically, did that get your heart? That again? was like the. Did that? I haven't had that moment a lot, but I have had it too. Again, did, did so I say, understand that. That's thing. okay, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get ready for school? <laughs> you want to put that little uh, skirt on skirt again? back on the uniform? Mm. Um. Can I tell you that I find my uh, something that I uh, again I appreciate from you. I try to get from you, filter it through me, put it in my own life. Is is um like men, it's like mentorship. Yeah, and and not in I, I don't mean in any kind of ostentatious, grandstanding kind of way, but more just because I feel like I remember people who helped me. Sure, well, I have a workbook that, that I can give you uh, <laughs> that you can start with, and. Um, 
you're just gonna you're gonna overload me with homework and then... a lot of homework, Joe. That means you gotta get up early. Do I have to listen to every podcast so far? Because I haven't. Wow. What if you gave me that assignment to listen to every single podcast? No, you, you can do what you want with your own life. It, I, it seems to me That's that nice. you, you're. Thank you. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, see how friendly I can be? <laughs> your life is yours, Joe. Thank you, Mark. Um, you, you're free to borrow a book uh, if you want, and you can return it back. And um, you, if you want to take two of those spiders home with you, you can take those. Add to my spider farm? Yeah. And, uh, like, okay, for the one person show, I think what we should do, honestly, is we'll start the uh, we'll start the bromance. Okay. We'll go to a movie. Okay. And then we'll report back how it's going. Right. Uh, so I'm fine with that, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with giving the listeners. And again, I, I'm honored to be on your show. Some of the know listeners know, know my, pro- my bromance with Matthew, which lasted about five or six episodes. And it was very contentious. He, he was difficult. We were, we had, really? yeah, you should listen to some of the early episodes, see how it went with Matthew, but you're not Matthew. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, I did listen to an early one where, so there, there was another guy here. Well, he it, would talk, he would talk. We'd hang out. Yeah. But he like, you know, we were very similar and very, you know, button pushy and, mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of like slightly competitive emotionally. He was very, right. you know, uh, you know, you know, all, you know, fueled up with the psycho babble. Right. But you're not that guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a softie. Yeah, I know. It makes me a little nervous because I don't want you to, I don't want to hurt your feelings. No, no, no. And I sometimes I can be a little bit can, of a bully. Yeah, but you know what? Here's what? the thing. I feel like over the years, yeah. I have gotten, I have developed the skin. Like, I, I understand. Like, I understand how things. I think there's shift, an angry you know? man inside of you. Very well. well yeah. Yeah, and I think that Very the angry. reason that. You're, Very you're, you're you're at a juncture in your life where it's like I'm gonna fucking snap, or I gotta take this higher road. I gotta, you know, I, you know, Marin seems to have figured some shit out. I know he's been through a lot of stuff. I've seen him be angry on stage. I've seen him cry on stage. He just talks about shit. I'd like to be able to do that. He did some one man shows, but you know, he seems to be kind of together now, and uh, I respect that. And I could use a little guidance so I don't fucking lose my mind here. I'm living in a house with six dudes that smoke pot all day. I'm, I seem to be stuck in a. By the uh, way, that's I'm also in there. I should say it's not like that's what I'm saying. That you're in this weird sort of hamster wheel of repetition where you you sit around, you stay up all night, you drink, you smoke pot, you talk about pussy, and then you <laughs> you, you write a sketch with a guy that wears uh, with hot pants and a chef's hat, and you try to you know validate your life somehow. You're like, well, what did we do last week? I don't even remember. But hey, here's that thing we wrote. That's hilarious. Yeah, I think we should add suspenders and I think we got a fucking winner there. You can take me down as much as you'd like, but don't impugn sketch, my friend. The art of sketch comedy. Maybe you could teach me a little bit about that. Is That's not a part of comedy that you're quite drawn to? I'm working or... by myself in my garage. <laughs> and before that, I worked by myself on stage. So... Not only do I avoid sketch, I avoid but any you, possibility of sketch. You do understand the essence of collaboration. I like to collaborate. Which is one of just one of the one of the know, best experiences cool. in my life was hosting a morning radio show because of the collaboration. Right. Yeah. And I've had magical moments with this group okay. of people. All right, well, I want a little of that magic and I'll give you a little bit of my dark magic. And by the way, your whole summation before you had to I don't know, I got sidetracked on you 
I felt like you were shitting on Sketch, but... No, I was just shitting on your life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's well, fine. That's, that's that's open A lot of Sketch I don't season. understand, and, I, and to be quite honest with you, I don't watch a lot of Sketch, so... I understand. Ooh, a little ant. So a lot of them here. I feel like I, I feel like I don't know. I'm going to talk about. Dude, it. I live with the. I've got ants, and I, I don't want to drop too much of the weird, like. All right. Well, let's just on, say be, he be on hoarders kind of thread yet. No hoarders. You'd have not only one shower curtain, but probably no, some backup. Well, that, I have a weird. I have like a, I think some variation of a hoarding thing. All right. Well, let's not tip everything now. Let's. No, no, let's no, no, we're no, going to no, agree no. to go to a movie. Yes. And we'll we'll get back to the people about how that goes. The suspense is killing me. Joe Wagner. Marin. Hey Dad, what's going on? How you doing? I'm all right, how you doing? I'm doing good. What's where you at? I'm at my house. Where are you? At work? Yeah, I'm sitting in my office trying to get it cleaned up. It's a freaking closet compared to what I'm used to. What are you used to? Yeah. When was the last time you had an office? The good office was way back was way back uh, in the 90s. Uh-huh. And then I took that, that rural trip, remember? The road, road trip that road. lasted 10 years? That's right. That was uh, a bunch of little offices all over the freaking world. Yeah, you were I the king of the, the little office. You used to travel with uh, your your clothing in boxes. You had uh, no less than a thousand suits and boxes, and they were all kept in the living rooms of various apartments and shitty towns across the country. You remember that? It, that, it wasn't that be... long ago. It wasn't like I was ten. I was forty. <laughs> you should you should put that in your next book. The book I that I'm be, writing should... about you. That book. Oh, yeah, okay. that book. That book. What else would go in that? What's that book going to be called? The uh, the book I write about my father. That there it is. There's a isn't uh, Dennis Washington? What's the you know the black guy? What's his name? Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. He's he's got a movie out there. that's something uh, tells of my father or something. Right, but I don't, I, I don't know if that's about his dad. I think that's a, no, no, no. Yeah, it's a, no, it's it's a biblical book. I think it's. A, I think it's sort of a war movie, isn't it? Oh, that's right. That was the one about the uh, Japanese and the Americans. There were letters, letters, letters from the front, or letters to my parents, or something. Something like that. I no, I think it. that was the uh, Clint Eastwood movie about the uh, the. Yeah, that was a different movie. The, okay. Yeah, the Denzel Washington one, I think, is some sort of. It's with uh, Gary Oldman and maybe post-apocalyptic. I don't know, but they, but that's not so far from our relationship. So I, I think that yeah, you know, something like that would be good. Like. Uh, like uh, I'll just my 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 book about you would be called like, uh, fuck, it's almost over. Or uh, uh, what's this guy's problem? How about that? That's right. Yeah, yeah, that that'd be a good title. Okay, it is almost over. It's not almost over. It's just things are pretty uh things are pretty strong. I just I was, I'm just speaking from my end. I never know when I'm gonna go. You, I have no doubt, will live and be, outlive everybody. <laughs> I could drop dead of a heart attack just from any day. I doubt it. If you follow my directions, you won't. Now, yeah, I get a lot of email from people that are like, "What's your dad? What? How? How many vitamins?" <laughs> tell, tell, tell me, dad's into a lot of things. He's trying to, he's trying to reconstruct the world of health to make it so we don't need doctors, that we don't need uh, the uh, pharmaceutical industry as much as we do. We can walk away from it just like we want to walk away from the uh, fossil fuel. Same thing. 
we want to get away from the reality, from the reality or the false reality that you got to have uh, a company producing medicines so that you can stay well. Okay, That's so you ju- okay, you just want me to tell them that? Yeah. Okay. What else are you doing? Anything fun? I mean, that's a that's a big project, but any little things? Yeah, I've always had trouble having fun. I don't know what that means, but that's always been the case. Me too. Me too. I don't know what the hell it is. I can't find one thing to have a good time. Like I try, I try to. I uh, serious? Huh? Seriously? 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 Yeah. What do you mean? Am I serious? Do I seem like I have a good time when you when you when you listen to me? Do you're like that's my son? That guy knows how to have a good time. Do you find yourself saying that a lot? No. Yeah. Okay. I don't find, but I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to say that you're my son. You know, speaking all this learned stuff based on the highest technology possible, that I have no idea of. I think that's exciting. So you're very proud of me for having the ability to broadcast on a format that you can't seem to figure out how to get. No, I, I, I can get it. But I just, uh, I just don't know anything about it. But when I get it, I just, I listen to it. You sent me that. You sent me that web that uh, link. Oh, okay. Not for you, though, huh? I don't know. I, spend, I haven't spent much time looking at it. You know, I I just, I, uh, no, why? I mean, why would you? I'm just your son. There's no reason to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. Hold on a minute, Mark. I want to take that home with me. We can, uh, I'll meet you Pelican. Ten minutes. All right. Thank you. Pelican and Hi, We're going to Pelican? Pelican? Yeah, we're going to Pelican. All right. It's, it's a social club. I don't know how these freaking... Uh, Seafood places are surviving anymore. I mean, people are just stupid. They don't care. They can't look in the paper and see there's oil everywhere. There's, there's pollution in the world that is terrible. That's causing cancer and, and, and terminal diseases. And people sit there and they gorge, gorge themselves with freaking seafood. I They're know. out of their freaking mind. Aren't you, aren't you going there now? Yeah. Huh. I'm gonna have a, I would have an artichoke. I love their artichoke. And I'm going to have a beer and tomato juice. And maybe I'll have a piece of, a cup of their crappy... Uh, uh, clam chowder. I only like Manhattan clam chowder. All they have is the New England. All right. Well, that just comes back around to the fact that, like, if you're not going to ex- ex- extract yourself from this process, like, I mean, you're going to have chowder. So you're uh-huh. just you're one of those people that you just described. Like, you know, it started to be a good argument with the you had the artichoke, beer, and tomato juice, and then you're like, you know, I'm going to have some of that shitty chowder. But you're just one of those people you just described. That's true. You're right, but I, I hardly ever have that shit. All right, what but the fuck? Know, what, What's a little oil? What's a little oil? That's what they're hoping everybody will say. We can adapt to this. We can eat this. I don't, it's hard to explain, but you know, it's a definite factor in my life that having a good time has always escaped me. I've always said to people around me, I said, geez, I know. how do you really enjoy doing what you're doing right now? <laughs> Holy shit. You so know, you're the guy that said, you're the, not only do you not have a good time, but you ruin other people's fun by asking them how the fuck they're enjoying that? Yep, I do that sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's great. People must love to have you around. Like, but there had to be a time. Come on, I remember you tried really hard to have fun at a few different things. Yeah, like skiing, I, uh, and you just you're just saying it doesn't come naturally to you because you'd rather sit and think about shit. You could just stew in your own stupid juices for hours. That's what I do. I'm like, yeah, it's too much aggravation. What are we gonna gonna rent a thing and go to the place? You know, you can just sit and just, you know, watch time disappear with your own brain, right? And and worry about shit. You just don't have to, you don't have the wiring to have fun. And also, you gotta, you gotta let loose a little bit. You gotta open up a little bit. You like to dance? You were dancing all the time. You were a big dancer. Uh, yeah, that's true, you're right. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. I've done that. Didn't she used but to I do Western we, dancing? What happened to the Western dancing? I, yeah, we do that. You know, I've done that. We haven't done a lot of this stuff. I'm busy. I've been too busy. All right, Pop. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. And believe me, I am no wizard. But it sounds like you got to take a little time, you know, and don't work so hard and maybe t go Western dancing or something. Yeah, could do that. Or maybe, hey, maybe you just it. enjoy going to Pelicans and ruining other people's fun. <laughs> well, you know, Mark, you know, like you've done, I've seen you do it. How you make fun of hecklers. Yeah. I sit, I sit in a goal-oriented existence, a goal-driven uh, lifestyle, a goal-driven everything, and I criticize those people around me, something, you know, rarely out loud, but definitely in my head, and I can't understand how they exist. And sometimes, I, you know, I get so frustrated and angry, I tell them, like with these, these drugs, these drug-dependent people, yeah. that I treat, you know, I, I said to one guy, you know, he's a nice guy, I, I like him, you know, he's... He, he, he did a little work on my car for me, and he did this and that. He's not stupid. He just had a baby. He doesn't like his new, his forced-upon wife. But uh, I said, but he dared to come in to me and say one night when I was in a shitty mood, he said, you know, you know, you didn't give me, you know, you, you still owe me 15 pills on that taper of the drug. You're, you know, you're taping me down. You still owe me 15. I said, time out. Let me look here. I said, you were going to be gone off this stuff, and in another 10 days, and you dare to come in here and tell me that I didn't give you 15 pills, that your whole life is dependent on 15 pills, that you can't think for a minute but, but without thinking about where the last pill came from, are you going to have enough for the next pill? What the fuck is wrong with you? He started crying like a baby. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I said, holy shit. But that's what I deal with here, man. I mean, these people got no life. Now, is that, is, that part, is that part of the system that you do over there? Part of what? Is that part of your drug rehab system? The you yell at them and they, yeah. they cry? <laughs> no, but I was just, you know, it was just because uh, I've been wanting to tell people, how can you live like this? I mean, how can you worry well, about how, well, every I, little moment? It's a sickness. I understand that. But, but you certainly got... av the average person with little brains can say, hey, you know, I'm going to go take a walk. I'm not going to worry about what's in my pocket every minute of the day or how many pills they got or whether I can sell them and make my make my fix for the next day. I mean, there got to be more to life than that. Everybody's not that kind of dependency stupid, I don't think. Well, yeah, that's coming from a guy that doesn't know how to have, know how to have a good time and works all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you pick your poison. <laughs> I do. That's about right. That's about right. But I mean, I, I'm so, it's so disappointing. It's so sad to see what I deal with here. I know. I it's, mean, not everybody. Look, it's a rough game. It's a, you know the drug uh, rehab racket's a rough racket. Addictions, it's very ugly, and very tragic, and very pathetic. And it, and 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 uh, the questions you're asking about it are exactly what makes it hard to to really treat and assess. Is that you know you think that you have in your right mind? You're sitting there in, in front of me, and you're yeah. and you're doing this junky bullshit. Can't you see yeah. yourself? And all right. the, yeah, I, look, you know, I, I just from not doing this nicotine, I can feel my, like you said before, the reward system in your brain is like, it's going crazy. It's like, where's our thing? You're awake. Why can't we have our stuff? You know, literally like, you know, like it's, we just finished eating. How about a little stuff? Where's our stuff? And it's loud yeah. and it's real. I know. And famous people have done it for years and they continue to do it. Right. Sure, I, I don't. You, know, you have a list in front of you, but yeah, there's a lot of people that yeah that do it. But I, I understand your frustration. But I'm I'm sure you felt bad about that. Do you apologize? 
Yeah, well, yeah, I just said, he sat down, and, you know, to, I said, take a breath, and, you know, stop this bullshit. I says, you, you know I'm correct. He says, I know you're correct, but it's my head, you know, what can I do about it? I says, what can you do about it? Yeah. First of all, let me hold up the mirror. The mirror is, you got involved with this woman, and she got pregnant, and now you have a baby that, that, she, that she doesn't like you, she's, she's mistreating you, and you love the baby, and she's going to take the baby out of state. Well, all this shit is creating your stresses, and what do you do for your stresses? You grab a fucking handful of pills. That's what I told him. What's he supposed to do? I don't know. Get a, <laughs> Maybe get you should, a job. You should get that get part of the get that part of the equation in place when you start opening up this can of worms. If you're gonna hold yeah, the mirror up, at least say, "Look, here's some makeup." Yeah. Right. All right. Well, thanks for trying. You know. I try a lot. I mean, I really work hard with these people. I'm well liked, and uh, nobody's tried to kill me yet. So I guess uh, everything is okay so far. If that's the way but you're judging it, yes, you're doing a great job. No one has tried to kill you yet. Just don't, like, you know, fixing the car is one thing. Don't let him live at your house. Oh, that's right. Don't let him into your house. Never mind living at the house. There you go. I hear some, so many people. I just had to, right, my cousin came in for the weekend, and it, all my pills are gone. You know, I mean, <laughs> the, the guy's incredible. You know, I mean, I don't see that a lot, but, you know, the guy's closer to my, my patients are by treating them, they're credible. I made that assessment. And I sit down with him first. First meet him, how are you? Sit down, good. If they're on a bunch of pills from another doctor, I said, okay, okay, don't worry about it. Not a problem. I understand. All right? I disarm them. I said, okay, no problem. You're going to leave here with what you were on before, then we're going to talk because you're going to think about what I'm going to tell you now. I just thought we're going to have to start taking this down to reasonable pain management because there's no standard of care. So what determines reasonable management? I determine it. My business is my practice. If I don't think you, if I think you're on too many pills, I'm going to tell you. And that's how I live it. Yeah, you're like uh, you're like the uh, the responsible drug dealer. <laughs> That's about right. Look, I want you to have these pills. I understand they're helping, but I I think you're taking too much, if I'm not mistaken. You just fell asleep in your eggs. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's funny listening to you and, and getting bouncing it off you because you've been there, I think, a little bit, and you've done this, some of these things, which is fine. Oh, I thank you, thank you for your approval. I'm glad you let me off the hook. I never shot drugs. I was no, I was never a downer guy. But I, I understand. Uh, you no, know, I, I've been around. Uh, you never took downers. You never took benzos. No, I wasn't really. You that only into took it. cocaine. Cocaine. I mean, that pot. was your drug like, when you were screwing around with it, right? Cocaine, pot, and booze. But I've certainly been to enough AA meetings to know what you're talking about. And I definitely am an addict. So, so I understand it. But it, it does get a little tragic with the, uh, with the opiates. I'll tell you. Oh, it's unbelievable. I, I mean. Know. It, this is like it's like uh, it's like the old West, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta be wary of, of who's around you. I mean, you walk out of the house, you gotta look back and make sure you shut the door so nobody, so people have a little trouble on uh, on, on busting into your house, kicking down your door, and stealing everything they can see. So you're saying, oh, you mean they're at the office, like at the uh, it's like Wild West at the strip mall pain management clinic, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you should put some saloon style doors on the front. Yeah. All right, well, I love you. Go to Pelicans, eat some oysters or whatever. Go make fun of people, whatever you want to do. Okay, thank you, man. Thanks Bye. for calling. Yep, talk Bye. to you later. Bye. Always good to talk to Dad. Always uh, enlightening and fun and just nice to know where I come from. I want to thank Joe Wagner. I hope you enjoyed that show. Please go to WTFPod.com and send me a little bread. Get on the... Uh, the $10 a month donor plan, if you would. We're working hard, Brendan and I, and, and, and uh, you know, I, I got a deck that I out there that I need to pay for. And I didn't just do this. It wasn't gratuitous. Is that the word? I needed it. 
People were falling through my other deck. Anyways, uh, punchlinemagazine.com for all your comedy news. Standuprecords.com. Great names in comedy record on stand-up records. And and, uh, please get on the mailing list at WTFpod.com. And thank you for listening. You guys are swell. 